0: And welcome to the Swarso Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. And joining me, as always, is the sparkling Reuben Williams. How are you, mate? G'day, Ryan. I'm doing fantastic.
1: Thank you. And uh, I'm feeling quite sparkly. We've had a massive week. We had our big announcement come out last week. There's been a lot of very kind mm. and generous messages that have come through off the back of it. So
0: I'm brimming, Ryan. I'm feeling great. You, you are <laughs> sparkling. You, you, did you say brimming? yeah yeah I, like, I don't mind that word it kind of maybe that's the next word to come out on the podcast i think so as, yeah no it was a big week uh we're we're pretty stoked aren't we so yeah we're excited for this episode as well absolutely uh, more so. more to come on the news that we made uh today with geordie so stick around for that absolutely if you want to learn more about who we are feel free to connect with us on linkedin or if you want to ask us any questions jump into the sports radio community it's absolutely flying
1: at the minute yes and of Quick shout out to all of our members, uh, in particular, Siddharth Yalapety, who has just picked up a new role with Social Sport and another fantastic intervi- uh, internship with Golf Australia where he did his interview on the putting greens down in Sandringham with our man, Daniel Simon. So, um, great to see that the connection has come through the community.
0: Absolutely. I saw, I saw a photo you put on LinkedIn, actually. It was quite amazing. Mm. Just a photo of the uh, of the golf course there. Dan Simons does it well Absolutely. Here, doesn't he? He does
1: too. So, If you want a way to get your foot in the sports industry or just hire people quickly and easily and learn from the very best, there really is something for everyone inside the sports grad community.
0: So be sure to get involved, Ryan. Absolutely. Rose, we're going to start today's episode as usual with a quick tip to get a job in sport. If you're currently studying or you've just finished studying, having a postgrad qualification in sports management on your resume can give you a huge leg up over other potential candidates applying for the same role. So you want to pump up your resume, and Get specialised knowledge in sports behaviour, law, marketing, ethics, finance, governance and strategy. Take a look at Deakin's postgraduate qualifications. Their Master of Business and Sports Management is not one of the best one in Australia, ranked at number one. So add a postgrad to your resume, and that's our tip for the episode. And uh, Sid, who we mentioned, he does that course, so it's no wonder that he's uh, well
1: taken off with his career. There we go. It's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Get in there. Now, right, last week we announced that sports Have raised a seed funding round led by the founders of Spark Event Group with this unique collaboration, which we're going to dive into more in just a sec, that's going to create a unique pathway for young people to land jobs in some of the biggest sporting events in the world. And so, Ryan, when we say unique collaboration, this is how it's going to work. So we do a lot of professional development work. We provide networking opportunities. Spark Event Group, they provide a lot of contract and casual jobs. So what we're doing, Ryan, is we're gonna combine the two, which is gonna create a pretty powerful springboard for people to turn casual work with Spark into full-time careers through sports grads. So between the two of us, Grads who come through our program are going to have this really accessible and comprehensive place to get world class networking opportunities, uh, world class work experience, upskilling, and with uh, uh, industry connections as well to get full-time employment
0: off the back of it. How good's that? It's pretty good, Rose. It's it's a, it's a really exciting bit of news for the industry and absolutely. You know, I know you've you've mentioned just now that the funding and work and the working relationship we're going to have with Spark. Obviously, we um, we spoke last week to, to Shannon Gove and Bett At, at Merriman from Rostify to learn their story of growing uh, Spark Event Group and now Rostify. Today, we're going to speak to none other than the managing director of Spark, Geordie Miles. So Geordie, welcome to the SportsCrad podcast. Thanks for having me guys.
2: I think what you guys are doing is impressive. Uh, We are delighted to be involved and I think it's a match made in heaven.
1: Absolutely. I love that. Jordy, um, we'll got dive into a, a bit of your background in just a sec, but tell us a bit about the name Spark. How did you come up with that? Uh,
2: there's no big story about the name behind Spark. <laughs> no, uh, a lot of people that have business names uh, come up with some amazing idea or, or an idea at the pub. I think a lot of business names can mean a lot to the people running it, but not mean much to the people on the outside. From a Spark point of view, we wanted a name that was short, it was sharp, it was easy to say, it was easy to spell, it was available, Yeah. Um, but most importantly, positive connotations, positive energy, and that's what Spark uh, definitely has.
1: Amazing that it was available. I would have thought someone would have set yeah, that, that up. up.
2: Yeah. Oh, spark, uh, it's spark, a no-brainer. Spark, electrical, Spark, accounting, there's a lot of sparks <laughs> yeah. out there, but Yeah. from an event point of view, um, yeah it was absolutely available.
1: Nice. Love it. Now, how many years have you been working in events for? Uh,
2: My first event I ever worked at was 2005, so 17 years. 17 years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, we've spent the last 14 months getting to know you. You told us at one point that you once worked a 38-hour shift, which is uh, an entire working week (laughs) in the space of two days. Yeah,
2: and I smile now, but it's something that uh, at the time... I think I was proud of, and probably sprud, Um but and I'll talk a little bit more in a second about the evolution of the events industry. But uh, something that, looking back, was probably a little bit silly, and <laughs> something <laughs> that uh, that uh, shouldn't have shouldn't have happened. But um, yeah, I think the whole stereotype of the events industry that we work, ridiculous hours, it's stressful, it's late nights, et cetera, is true to a point. Mm. Don't be wrong. Events are around the clock. Um, but in terms of that stereotype, I think with Spark, we're trying to change the mould a little bit to, to to become a much more sustainable uh, industry from a from a resource point of view.
1: Mm. We'll tell us a bit about Spark, who are they, what do you guys do and, and why do you guys exist because it sounds like that sort of experience has really shaped who or what the company is today.
2: Absolutely, so we are a full event management and workforce organisation so very unique in the industry uh, in terms of providing. Event management uh, services. So we own events, we run events end to end, right from strategy through budgets, uh, procurement. Uh, right through to the logistics, site planning, documentation, and delivery. And then obviously that delivery component, uh, a lot of that is workforce. So we have two arms of the business, an event management team, and then an account management workforce team providing workforce. So Spark, as an organisation, came from Event Workforce Group and Miles Prower. So Miles Prower is the company I started in event management. Um, We had a workforce component as well, but the the collaboration with Event Workforce meant that we were – Full end-to-end uh, event management and workforce organisation.
0: Two quality names off the, off the mm-hmm. bat, miles per hour. I think <laughs> I'm getting where that's coming from. That's
2: a nod to my motorsport <laughs> background. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think... Yeah, my, my journey has always been in motorsport from when I was young. The first event I worked out that I mentioned 2005 was Gold Coast Indy uh, and then nice. through some stints with uh, Surrounded by Supercars and Rally and then the Australian mm. Grand Prix. So, yeah, the miles per hour. Um, not only a nod to my last name, but, yeah, the motorsport, um, the roots.
0: Nice one. Um, so now you're working with the likes of the Australian Grand Prix, which is happening this weekend. Uh, as well as the Australian Open, you've got a... An incredible team of around 20 in South Melbourne with tens of thousands of casual staff all over the country who power you know I, I think you mentioned over a thousand events uh, across the board um, but in the early da- in your early days you, you said you never had the intention of actually running your own business so where did that all begin?
2: Yeah well it started uh, with a turning a negative into a positive so My whole life I wanted to work in specifically Formula One. It was motorsport, but definitely Formula One. So I found my way to Australia from New Zealand and onto the Gold Coast. I did look at uh, the wonderful Deakin Uni, the sponsor of you guys um, Mm. down in Melbourne, um, but opted to go to the Gold Coast probably because I was 18, 19 years old and what a
0: place to be. bit warmer up there. A little bit warmer. (laughs) Uh, It's hard not to look at Deakin by the way. Mm, Yeah, definitely,
2: definitely. Um, Tough one (laughs) to. I uh, I was very impressed by my tour at Deakin um, but opted to go to the Gold Coast and I um I started uh, and so, so started, studied sports management and internship um Gold Coast Indy, and obviously always uh, wanted to work in the motorsport game. So, worked my way up and then moved down to Melbourne and took a job at the Australian Grand Prix Corporation, working the operations team. Uh, I was at the Australian Grand Prix for five years across operations and event entertainment, uh, running obviously the Grand Prix and then the MotoGP, which the AGPC look after down at Phillip Island. Uh, I was um, early 30s, starting to think about my next move. Um, the CEO at the Grand Prix was nice enough to introduce me to the guys over at Austin in Texas. Wow! Hey. Uh, so I flew over there off my own bat. Um, a little bit, a uh, li- little similar to Bennett's story last week of our flying to San Diego for a competition. For <laughs> I had a little bit more experience, but um, flew over there. There was an opportunity there, so they offered it to me um, to move to Texas. So. Uh, not only convinced uh, my uh, my girlfriend at the time but also her uh, her mum, my mother-in-law to be that <laughs> I think going to Texas was a good idea um, and we were ready to go to Austin. Um, so I left the Australian Grand Prix Corporation, um, applied for my visa and went through the checks and balances and it turned out the visa was going to take longer than I thought which I was okay with. You know, just take a couple of months and breathe and then I uh, Suddenly, I didn't hear from them much anymore oh. over in Austin, and uh, finally, after a month of no contact, they contacted me and said, "Look, it's taking too long. We're finding someone over here for it. Sorry, see you oh, right. So, wow!
1: Uh, so you just upended your life to go the new to the US, Yep. And then they've fallen through.
2: I'd left a corporation that I loved, uh, yeah. a job that I loved, in a sport that I loved, and. Uh, out uh, out on the street so that was uh, 2015 started 2015 how,
0: how did you deal with that disappointment because you you're obviously extremely keen to get over there and like through no fault of your own that's just been pulled pulled away from you yeah how did, how did you, you know, that first couple of weeks, you're just like, holy hell, I've just yeah, yeah I've just missed out on this. And the stakes are pretty high as well. Like, your girlfriend's
1: come with me. You've had the chat with the mother-in-law. Like, yeah. it's
2: yeah. a and big I, thing. I remember my, my departure message to all my colleagues at Grand Prix was, you know, yeah going over to Austin, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, told everyone I was going, yeah. um, which was obviously of lesser importance. But for me, it was uh, breaking down the future into short, medium, long term. And from a yeah. short-term point of view, it was look, I love events and I'm passionate about the events industry and I now have time on my on my side. So yeah. luckily, a major event like the Grand Prix uh, introduces you to a wide network of people across mm. all areas of the industry. So we're just chatting to people and a couple of opportunities came up um, to use my, my skills and expertise in event management. And yeah. so I started a couple of freelance contracts. One of the first ones was White Night Melbourne, which is oh, yeah. a huge, huge event. So...
0: I'm dressed uh, pretty much in white night you, Melbourne right you now. Are. You you'd, <laughs> I sort all of head over there. You look the
2: part. Yeah. Um, definitely an, a, an underrated uh, event in the Melbourne events industry at the time, and now has become rising. Who we funnily enough still work with to this day. Uh, so took freelance uh, opportunities across event management, and then a little bit of uh, additional work on the side through contacts uh, as a safety officer at some events, um, using my skills in, the, in mm. that realm and. Uh, from there, that's where a couple of opportunities came up to grow or to start effectively a business and event mm. management.
0: I think that just shows, you know, it's, it's never, you know, you, you might think you're completely down and you, you've lost an opportunity or like mm. you, you're done and, and you're really thinking oh, I'm done here. But there's always avenues to get it to find a way back. Mm-hmm. you just said like you just there's some good people you meet on the way I'm sure anybody out there who's missed out on a job or, or something like that there's always ways out so I think it's a, it's a great story you know yeah. how and you're t- able to just pick yourself up and, and speak to people and, and find something out there So we can be
2: quite close minded when we've got something in our head of where we mm. want to go mm-hmm. um, and adaptability is the key and that's that's not just in career and sport it's, it's across yeah. everywhere you, yeah. you go into a footy match and you've got a plan of how to win the game and mm-hmm sometimes that plays out but more often than not it doesn't and there's different mm-hmm. paths to, to get to the end result so it's yeah. the same in, in careers
1: yeah you've mentioned that events can be pretty hectic and it sounds like to be effective in those roles you've got to be really quite composed and so I'd imagine you've taken that composure from running an event into your own career situation which has just fallen through and applied it perfectly mm. to be able to pick yourself up but um I guess uh, with that in mind, like w- what else kind of makes you different and why do you think you were ready to take on that opportunity to get straight back onto your feet?
2: Yeah, it was identifying quite early on when there were a couple of opportunities in the industry that came up um, in addition to what I was freelancing and that's how Miles Per Hour started. And there's probably two things. There was one, uh, I'm passionate about events and it was quite obvious that outside of We talk about the big three events in Melbourne. We talk about Spring Carnival, Australian Open and Grand Prix. um, Mm. And obviously then there's AFL Grand Final and a lot of other big events. But the next tier down of events, whether it's council festivals, music festivals, uh, fun runs, mass participation events, shows, whatever, I felt like the standard of events that the industry was delivering could be improved. I found that a lot of people that work on these big major events from a career point of view they're not going to go backwards and take that information knowledge IP to the bulk of other events. Mm. They'd move from event major event to major event or overseas to the Olympics and that kind of stuff. So I felt like the state of events could definitely be improved in terms of the planning, the documentation processes and delivery. The other thing that was apparent quite early from me, and it was how Miles Pro started, our first client was I was a safety officer at one of the council events and I saw the crew. Rolling around doing the jobs, and I didn't think they were that good. And I said to the event manager, I said, "Who are the crew?" She said, "Oh, we just get them from the security company." So, once again, it was a few years later, but very similar to Shannon and Bennett's story last week about this. There, there, there was a there was a hole there that needed mm-hmm. to be filled. So I talked to that event manager at uh, the council and said hey, I could provide some some better staff here. So that links to my first point, but the second point was I had a lot of mates and a lot of people out there that were looking for opportunities in events and events and wanted to use their expertise, and it wasn't happening. So from the very start of miles per hour, those two things were in my mind, and to this day, with Spark, improving the events industry as a whole end-to-end and providing opportunities for staff is still paramount, and that's that's how it all started.
1: What I love about that is that by you performing a job that you absolutely love and and care about and in terms of like the tasks that you do every single day, it's created a hedge for you when things haven't gone to plan. So like we see a lot of people who will pick a certain organization who they want to work for and put that up in the sky, say it's, you know, moving to Texas and when that doesn't work out, that's the only thing that they're holding on to. Whereas for you, you've been extremely grounded in running high quality events, not just for major tournaments, but for grassroots councils, as you say, which has allowed you to kind of clearly see, like, all right, well, if this place won't take me, I know exactly what I need to do somewhere else, which has allowed you time to, um, to springboard almost immediately. Like I was almost expecting you to say, oh, I was really down and you know depressed for a little while and it was hard to get back up. But because you were so grounded in why you love events and what you wanted to do, it sounds like it was pretty obvious on what to do next.
2: Yeah, hindsight, it's it, uh, that the path cleared its way Mm. Uh, the early days as well I was very fortunate that because I was using my skills and I was freelancing growing the business uh, didn't require too much risk Mm. so I was freelancing and doing my work and then we were providing workforce on the side Uh, I brought on a staff member when we picked up a couple of contracts so I needed a little bit of help. And then gradually over time, I just decreased the amount of time I was spending freelancing and growing the business. So from a from equilibrium point of view it, it sort of worked out okay at the start with with minimal risk and we're quite lucky we're in a services-based uh business where the overheads can can remain quite low from the start
1: yeah that's awesome i think there's a great career direction message in that in that you know find the thing that you love to do every
0: single day rather than you know the organization name mm. that you want to work for well, and you mentioned those you know those tier one events but there's just so many of those ones that are yeah. You know, yes, they're below the Australian Open, but they're still huge. What, what was the event we spoke about before that's going on this weekend on Aberparte Lake? Oh, that's... That runs on the Yarra?
2: Yeah, so Inflatable Regatta, so it's like, a set of events we own. Like that, that, a, that event, it Yeah. We've, like, we've, amazing. We've just run our first Inflatable Regatta as, a, as an event we own uh, on the weekend just past, which was successful. Love it. So... There is, and uh, it's important to understand the big picture of what events are. They are experiences for people, and especially after what we've gone through the last couple of years, the importance that events play in people getting together, people enjoying themselves, people living life to the full. Uh, Mm. And yes, when you get into the industry, you realize that, There are events you've never even heard of that are really, really important to people.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's so true. Like I was having this conversation with Ryan on Monday about flying to Sydney for 15 hours to see Buddy Franklin kick his 1,000th goal. And that was an incredible event. And the only thing I have to compare it to is seeing Australia play Uruguay in 2005 and qualify for the World Cup for the first time in 32 years. And both of those atmospheres were incredibly inspiring to me. The first one kind of set me on a path to work in sport when I was 12 years old. This one just kind of made me appreciate how good sport is and how positive an impact it can create. And you're in that every single day.
2: I am, and I'm very lucky. And we are very fortunate that if you look back at your life highlights, a lot of them are part of your job or part of your career you know i'm married and i've got a little one and i talk about you know my wedding day and and the birth of my daughter and and all that has life highlights but a lot of the the other ones in the top 10 are to do with my career and my job and i think Mm. that's where we're extremely fortunate um and it's important to not forget that when you get there
1: Mm. Yeah. What are a couple of those, just out of interest?
2: Yeah, my first Grand Prix that I worked at was at absolute Highlight. I was, I've been around motorsport my whole life. My dad raced bikes. I knew I, you know, I was back in New Zealand. The, the time difference means the the races are on even later than here. So <laughs> I was up on Sunday night and late to school on Monday and um, watching the Formula 1. So 2011, working my first Grand Prix uh, and being on the grid, it was, uh, uh, you yeah, know, I'm getting getting... Uh, Spine tingles just <laughs> about now. Uh, another event I freelance worked on when we were starting Miles hour was Argentina versus Brazil versus Socceroos, a little tournament they did at the MCG, mm. um, and the Socceroos-Brazil game uh, with a packed MCG lights off yeah. when the players are coming down the pitch. Uh, coming onto the pitch is unbelievable as well so there's many more President's Cup a couple of years ago um, a, in terms of a, an event that's delivered exceptionally well on the world stage uh, was another highlight.
0: Yeah amazing. For those who've never worked in events uh, what's it like because I, I know we mentioned at the start of the show you know you worked that 38 hour shift um, and I know you've got, some, you know, a strong opinion on what an internal culture of what events should be like. You know, I think we can probably say no one should have to work thirty-eight hours. But what is it like? Because I feel like there's sometimes a misconception about working in events.
2: Yeah, that's right. I alluded to it before. I think. If you're coming into into the industry thinking it's a nine-to-five job I mean there are aspects of the events industry because we touch on so many areas that are much more business hours but generally events and sports uh, um, uh, have a requirement to go over and above that but as I mentioned before I think the stereotype of us absolutely working ourselves to the bone uh, and then Obviously your career and the job you have has a shelf life because you just burn out and that's something that I'm passionate about with our internal team now that to be honest and say there is is going to be weekend work, there's going to be times when there's long hours and we've got Grand Prix this week and that's one of the big ones Um, but generally trying to shift that stereotype um, into absolutely burning yourself out and having to do all those long hours so it still exists in that realm, but I think somewhere in between is, is probably the, the sweet spot because we've got to be realistic here as well and, and realise that the event industry has gone through pretty tough times the last couple of years and what we're facing now is something we've never seen before. So... Uh, Obviously, there's always going to be an attraction to the sports and events industry because as individuals and people, we love sports and events, but making an attractive career choice I think mm. is really important from when people are starting uni and even before that when you know we're talking to a year 11s and 12s about event management and sports management actually being a career.
0: Yeah. Is that something that you specifically touch on at Spark? Like you, you ensure that that culture and environment is one that people want to be around for the long term?
2: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm proud of our team and I'm proud of our culture it's driven from everyone not just the top-down and not only does that mean we are enjoying our work and fulfilling our work and fulfilling our purpose of the two I mentioned before about providing opportunities for young staff uh, but also improving the events industry as a whole and I think if our core team are happy that's gonna happen and I think over the journey as well, Spark. We talk so much about providing opportunities for our casuals, and then the work you guys are doing with Sports crowd of, of getting people onto the ladder. I'm also very conscious of the fact that we've got a, a core group of people as well that need nurturing and development and and goals, and um, they've got a career to to work on as well. So, um, not forgetting that, and then. As an extension of that, the work we do and the partners we have, the clients we work with, the events we do, the, the overall um, delivery is, is a lot better. So for,
1: for those casuals who are going to be rolling into the Australian Grand Prix this weekend... What, what can they expect? Are they going to be working 15 hour shifts or what, what sort of measures have you got in place to make sure it's an enjoyable experience?
2: Well it starts with when they first leave their, their, uh, their door to come to the event and it's no different to a patron so I think the first people, the first thing that people coming to the Grand Prix will realise is it's such a big site and a big yeah. venue and for those that haven't worked that event before or any event before I think it's going to be a huge eye-opener because you see events like that they literally build a city for two or three months, yeah. for four days and then they break it all down so um, a huge eye-opener but for us we really focus on the engagement and the experience from before they even come to the event so that's something that Shannon and Bennett did so well in building EWG so as they said on your pod last week there were labour hire companies, recruitment companies throwing people into jobs but from our point of view the communication, the engagement, the brand we're building, the work with you guys, the overall we still, still say placement with a purpose at Spark, just like the EWG guys started you know, over 10 yeah. years ago and that is crucially important for those people to feel, um, feel comfortable coming to work and feel like they're part of something, so it starts with that, so before they even come to the site uh, and then the whole process around how they check in, what they need to bring who they're reporting to, what their job is, etc um, is something else that we know that if you're young that's what will make you a little bit apprehensive so we focus a lot of time on that with with major events like that 25% of the work we do is finding the workforce recruiting the workforce placing them into the positions the rest of the time is engaging with them communicating with them briefing them and working on the, the the logistical process of managing the workforce on site
1: yeah Awesome. So what's the longest shift that these people can expect to work then?
2: Uh, I think the longest at Grand Prix is 11 or 12. Um, Okay. Yeah, and that's probably that's few and far between. That'll be more sort of supervisor level. So most mm. of the roles are between anywhere nice. from five, six hours to eight, nine hours. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. awesome.
1: Well, I've only worked the Grand Prix once before and I was working as a casual scooping ice cream out of a vintage ice cream cart in the Porsche <laughs> lounge over turn two and uh that was an incredible experience just going through an old ice cream job but ryan you and i are going to be there Ryan, geordie's got us involved to do some some work on the friday i believe so if anyone's working at the grand prix look out for us we'll be rolling around just i can't wait yeah me too it's gonna be fun
2: i think the role you guys are going to play on friday of going around and chatting to our staff and a lot of them are listening to this and a lot of the most sports grade members but uh finding out what their experience is like and and things that Uh, have gone well in terms of their overall um, their overall not only position and role but the overall experience and things we can always refine and get better or more information we can provide so yeah you guys will be part of that on the Friday. I can't
1: wait, love it (laughs) Um, You mentioned Bennett and Shannon and Event Workforce Group which they spent 10 years building up Um, what was the reason to merge your own operation and event company with what they were doing?
2: Yeah so I met the guys quite early on when Miles Proud started um, and admired what they did and were doing. Uh, we We would cross paths at events. They would be providing their workforce. We would either be doing event management or providing workforce and other roles operations or site management roles uh, which they touched on um, and then on the patient services customer service side we touched on so there's only a small slither of crossover of what we both did but generally we were separate but we started um, when there were opportunities for us through our existing clients for activation staff or patient services or event staff we would contract them in to assist us and vice versa so if they needed support elsewhere um, outside of their realm so we were interlinked and then there were even a a few times when we pitched on work together Um, so whether it was tenders or just quotes etc so we started to talk through we we were actually having a catch-up this is mid-2019 about how we go about the process of that moving forward. So if there are opportunities, are we just gonna keep continuing partnering and working together or are there benefits for for them to go out and and drive business and for me vice versa? So we went to that meeting and at that time we were tendering together on the Melbourne Olympic Park contract which incorporated Australian Open. So it's turned into one of our two biggest contracts. So we were tendering on that together and we ended up winning that and that was the catalyst for us to go Hey, let's take a step back here. This looks like an opportunity to become one business. The guys had Rostify humming by that stage, so they were focusing a lot of time on Rostify. Mm -hmm. Um, So the ability for me to come in uh, and assist in combining the organization into a new one. And take what they had created at EWG, so they could focus on Rostify, which then links back to Spark in terms of engagement across across the country and across the world. It seemed like the most obvious opportunity, so that's how it came about.
1: Were you expecting that offer when you rolled into that meeting that no. that day?
2: No, no, <laughs> I wasn't. Uh,
0: walked in, walked out, partners. <laughs>
2: that's right. Um, and the process actually happened. And to Shannon and Bennett's credit, and the reason the three of us work so well at the moment, the the process was quite seamless, to be honest. Um, yeah, from, uh, from a contractual point of view, from what we all wanted out of it, it made a lot of sense. So we, we just got it done and it was done in a few months. Uh, and then January the 1st, 2020, we kicked off. And from the very start and part of the discussions, it was quite apparent that uh, the, the industry didn't have something like this. And a lot of our events that we work on, a lot of our partners, a lot of our clients, need just workforce and a lot of them need just event management, but there's a whole raft mm. of clients we work with that need somewhere in between or a combination of both, etc. And it was also quite apparent from the start that the organizations we were working with really valued that they had event people and event management people that understood um, what they needed, what they were doing on the workforce side for example they could say here's a roster of positions we need fill, and they're comfortable that we could just look at a job description or, or even a, just a, a description of what mm. the role is and we'd understand what kind of people are needed so that's where the link from running events from the very very start and conception and creation right through to that last person on the ground um, it didn't exist and it was a huge opportunity for us to, to effectively create that
1: so you've gone from upheaving your life in 2016 to starting to work for yourself to turn that into a small business with a couple of staff from what, 2016, to 2018, by mid 2019, you're having chats about merge, merging. Along the way, I believe you also got an offer for your dream job with the Formula One Grand Prix. How how, how did you feel about that, given the way that everything was going?
2: Yeah, so that was, um, yeah, before we even started talking uh, to, to Shannon and Bennett, that was um, early miles per hour days, and that was a real line in the sand day for me where uh, even three, four years before that, if someone came to me with that opportunity, uh, I would have thought, you know, my... Um, my whole career ambition is, is ticked and I take that job and I'm happy and what that progresses to, we'll see. So I was offered that and we there was probably two or three staff I had at the time at Miles Brown. We were doing some pretty cool mm. things. So you talk about you know picking yourself up from the Austin opportunity and working through opportunities and growth, et cetera. For me and my journey, that day was the day where it was okay if I'm not taking that job there's no turning back there's uh, this is this is my future and uh, I I turned it down um, and I haven't regretted it uh, obviously to this day but yeah definitely I look back at that day as, as a line in the sand day
1: so you've, had few, <laughs> you've had a few uh, sliding doors moments then. It's like, you know, if, the, if Austin doesn't fall through, then you're yeah. back in Australia. Um, and if that doesn't go well, then, you know, you might end up back working at the, at the Grand Prix. So it's, it's incredible to kind of see how things have worked out. What do you think are some of the main things you've learned over the journey?
2: A lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I think... Coming back to, I mean, in the events industry, we get extremely busy at times um, and we face challenges no bigger than what we've faced the last 18 months. I think you've got to come back to what your purpose is and what our purpose is as an organisation. And those two things are often interlinked but separate. So what my purpose is from a career point of view uh, and the path I want to go, but also the purpose of the business you're running. Uh, so, so important to come back to that because we, we get in the weeds, we get deep into work, we get into the day-to-day, we get into the working with clients and dealing with our staff, etc. Um, it's something that uh, I have learned from Shannon and Bennett more than probably anyone about the, the pathway and the future and making sure that you've got that clear there's always going to be times when you start to veer from that a little bit and deal with things that are happening on the spot, um, but I think that's so important. So I've probably learned that the most. I think the other thing from a from a business point of view is to give things a go, to really, really have a crack. So we, we all think we're the most important person. Uh, we all think that what we do is the most important job. Um, especially what we've seen the last couple of years, you know, we're not saving lives. There's there's doctors, there's nurses, there's social workers. There's a lot of people out there that are the real difference makers in, in lives. From us, 100%, we are creating careers. We are creating opportunities for young people where running events that are important to a lot of people. But I think from a perspective point of view, try things, do things. If things don't work out, it's okay. Pick yourself back up. Um, You don't know until you know. And that's what I think is so impressive about what you two are doing uh, in terms of creating what you're creating based on what's needed and seeing a whole. And to go back to my, um, my fantastic co-directors, Shannon and Bennett, something that they've always done as well um, to create EWG and then Rostify and then everything else they're going to be doing in the future, um, I think is a really good example of the difference you can make.
0: Mm, I think like, that's so true. And like we're still very early, early in, right? Like we are constantly saying to each other, And I think with any startup, you can easily just veer. You can go in all sorts of directions. You can do it, you know, whatever you want, really. But the one thing that we always do say, like, our purpose is to help people get jobs in sport. You know, you just got to keep going on that line. So I think it definitely resonates. It's something that we try and do as much as we
1: can. You're right. Yeah, like having a purpose provides a very clear framework on what to do when Mm. you're not sure what to do, Yeah, um, which has been a really consistent theme of your journey because when things haven't gone right you've just referred to your purpose and thought all right how do I continue living that um how did you figure that out like where did that come from what sort of things did you draw upon to really understand this is what I should be doing with my life
2: yeah uh it doesn't happen overnight it's it's learnt and it comes from opportunity um and it comes from Small opportunities that you take, or a decision you make, which might seem outlandish at the time, and then it works out. Uh, and then the next one you take is slightly more bold. Um, and also learning from the people around you and seeing what they do, bouncing things off, bouncing ideas off people, linking the two, being creative. Um, I think over our journey, uh, and similar to what the guys said last week in terms of putting goals in place that seem outlandish and then consistently achieving them I think is a common thread a lot, around a lot of businesses um, so yeah set goals take uh, I say take risks sometimes it doesn't need much risk mm. but make bold decisions about where you want to go and, and liaising with people and collaborating with people and then they start to, to consistently work out you know you're on the right path
1: brilliant yeah. And tell us about the future. What have you got planned next for Spark Event Group?
2: Yeah, it's, the future's broken down into uh, almost short-term and medium-term um, and to a lesser extent long-term. But the short-term is leading, be, being, being, a taking a lead role in the recovery of our industry. So we've been hit really hard. Um, the state of the industry is very unique at the moment in terms of what we've faced in the past. So leading the charge in terms of coming back to our purpose so a lot of people have left the the events industry over the last couple of years and some will come back and some won't Um, so in terms of the leaders of tomorrow and the event managers of tomorrow really starting at the the bottom and working with you guys to assist us with that so where I have mentioned before going even as young as year 11s and 12s and talking about the events industry uh, uni students and giving them the casual opportunities to Mm to get experience in the industry linking with you guys and the development and the training and the networking um, and everything that you guys do so well so that's pivotal in terms of uh, in terms of leading um, leading the uh, leading the charge so the next thing is engagement with our database so the database has changed a lot in the last couple of couple of years um, so communicating engaging um, being a sounding board is really really important for us um, uh, and, and working with our partners and clients so uh, coming back to what I keep saying about improving the events industry and working with them and finding out what they need is really really important so yeah once again you've asked me a question I've come back to probably the <laughs> two the two purposes that we always come back to and, and I think that's uh, for the short term um, it's that and then uh, our core team you know we've got a lot of new, new people on our team the culture's fantastic the, every single one of them has a career that they're developing and growing into so working with them and nurturing them into what their future looks like as well whether that's with spark or hopefully we keep everyone for a while but (laughs) (laughs) further down the line what they what they want to do with their lives
1: yeah, love it. Fantastic. Well, I, I think for us as well, like that core theme of sticking to your purpose and doing what's best to achieve your purpose was the same for us and the same reason why when you guys approached us, we thought, how good's this? As Ryan said before, does this help? us help other people get jobs in sport yes or no and you guys are literally handing out thousands of jobs in sport every every single year so to be able to kind of bring our knowledge of how students can leverage those opportunities to the best of their ability and then introduce them to our partners like netball australia who are advertising jobs through our community to be able to say to someone as you are going out to schools in year 11s and 12s to say hey we've got some casual work now there's these people sports crowd who you can network with all your favorite teams and leagues around australia and come through a pathway to get a full-time job at the end of it is just super super exciting to be able to kind of mm. add that to
0: what what we're doing so yeah we couldn't be more excited and i'll, I'll just add to that like when from, i'll speak for us both but you know when we came through uni there wasn't. That didn't really exist, you know. No. Like I when, I, when I started doing sports management at uni, I thought, oh, well, I'll do this to become a, a player manager. And what we've built now is sort of a pathway, so that when you start university or when you finish school, doesn't matter if you don't get a uni, you, there's a clear pathway there where you can start in events and get that awesome experience, then come through sports club, meet the people in all these organisations, and all of a sudden. Your network has grown tenfold. You've got all these opportunities whereas before it just it just wasn't there. Like I, I no. didn't I didn't know where to find work in sport. And it was incredibly frustrating too because
1: I had a lot of friends who were studying law and, and commerce and they'd you know, do a summer internship with KPMG. They get paid thirty-five bucks an hour to do eight weeks of work mm. and here I am, you know, volunteering for nothing in sport. Whilst there's no guarantee of a job at the end of it, whilst KPMG are like, all right, you finish your second year of uni, you think you're great. When you've done another year of uni, 12 months later, there's a full time job waiting for you at the end of it. like you know, mm. six to 12 months in advance before graduating. They've got that sort of certainty on their career in those yep. industries where sport has just never had that before. So to be able to kind of link the two pieces that we're doing together to create that certainty for students and make them feel like actually sport is a viable career where I can be incredibly happy in my job and experience some of the life highlights that you've had is, uh, incredibly exciting for us to think about.
2: Mm-hmm. It is, and the other thing to to probably not forget is the breadth of opportunities there are for a career in sports and events. So I know speaking for myself when I was at uni, sport management and event management, I didn't know the difference, and a few people listening today probably are still in the same boat. Mm-hmm. So in event management, because we go to events, you've got no idea what goes into the organising, the planning of it until you do. I mean... People in my life still don't know what I do um, or what Spark does and their work involved. So you talk about event manager, which is such a such an ambiguous, uh, open-ended term. That could be in the people actually planning event. You could be an event manager at a cleaning and waste company. You could be an event manager in infrastructure, project management, engineering, um, workforce, obviously, uh, an endless list of opportunities, and I think that's yeah. important for people because There's some soft skills that I think event management people have about staying calm and um, being positive and Um, being organized is a big one i think a lot of event managers when they get to uni they're like oh yeah well actually i was the one that organized this at school and i you know when we uh, have an outing with my friends i'm the one that organizes it you know i'm organizing that's sort of a common thread so there are soft skills there but in terms of different skills that you have from a career point of view there's not just one set of skills that you need to work in events there's so much that can be transferred across the whole industry so i think in terms of um, making young people aware of that I think that's one of our first jobs so you know you can and the biggest thing we say you know I did it in a briefing last week for all our staff for Grand Prix is um, we say three things when they go out so um, make your mark, have fun and the third one is learn so when you're out there doing the casual shifts through Spark learn what you enjoy, learn what you don't enjoy bounce things off other people yeah. um, you're literally out there on the job learning on the job of what your career wants to be and um, everywhere from the casual roles we do through to the contract roles we we fill um, we find people you know finding their way yeah
0: um for someone wanting to work in events and specifically with spark how uh, how can they get involved
2: yeah Sparkeventgroup.com. so we um we obviously use rostify as our platform so we encourage people to go on so
0: slick platform i might add it mm. is it is it's absolutely
2: very so we we have a set of eois um so recurring eois through our website that people can apply to um and then from there they're contacted and can set up with our um, uh, with the Rostify portal. Um, and then all the opportunities come up there. But we're very conscious of making sure that we meet people, um, whether it's a phone call, video call, or in person, um, yeah. before putting them onto our database. Um, because from right from me through to our core staff to the people we um, we provide our partners with in terms of casual. Staff, it's really important that um, they know Spark and they they live and breathe our brand and uh, they're for the right reasons. So, um, yeah, spark and group.com
0: Awesome. Brilliant. And if you're part of the sports Track community, we'll also have those on, on our uh, job boards as well. So, very exciting time for uh, anyone wanting to work in events. That's it. Well, that's the beauty of the community that we're
1: trying, trying to create is that. A lot, all of our members, I would say, are there for the right reasons. And so that's why, you know, those members can get some guaranteed shifts because there are fantastic people inside there who are there trying to do great things and know why they're working in sports and events. So for those members out there, definitely get involved with Spark.
2: Yeah, it's, it's important to note as well that uh, obviously we're providing the casual experience side by side with the, uh, the, um, the program that you guys are delivering. Um, that puts them in a good position to then apply for jobs. But a lot of those jobs, that they can apply for are through Spark as well. So we don't only provide mm. casual opportunities for staff, but mm. a lot of our partners and clients come to us needing um, needing you know contract resources, etc. We we often have opportunities in our core team at Spark as well. So the majority of the people in our organisation um, that are in our office have come yeah. through EWG or Spark on casual shifts and worked you know their way up and in an hour spark so yeah uh, there's opportunities within as well
0: you don't need to look too far to see the clients that you work with as well so <laughs> if you're uh if you're in spark and you've done casual work you you've got some pretty good opportunities that are coming your way so
2: absolutely and Unreal. and for your sports grab members that are listening to this uh, across the country we're not just melbourne so we are national um we work on events across the country so uh yeah over the um the may june periods so of the middle part of the year we're gonna have uh, our team heading around the country and meeting people so touch base and and we'll uh, we're, we're coming to a city near you
0: brilliant we'll be on that road road trip as well i hope i would have <laughs> thought yeah we may as well get on the road we need to do a bit of a road show we do yeah. absolutely shorty it's been unbelievable mate good to chat we've obviously got to know you over the last 14 months i think it is gee time flies uh but it's been unbelievable to chat and, and get to know you through the last you know 14 months as i said and we're we're unbelievably stoked to be working so closely with you uh because you know we truly believe that both our businesses can do can do great things for the uh for people in the sports industry so West Oak, mate, and thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, we're just scratching the surface, guys. So, yeah, uh, look impressive what you guys are doing. Keep uh, keep doing what you're doing, and you know we've got a lot of work uh, uh, to collaborate on together. And I'm really looking forward
0: to it. Awesome, thank you, mate. Find us on LinkedIn. Plus, be sure to jump into the Sports Out community as we've spoken about. We'd love to chat with you on there. Head to our website to join, or head to the link in our show notes.